Caffeinated Comedian Caffeinated Comedian Yeah Hello and welcome back to the Drunken Comedian Podcast and of course this is the second bonus episode of Caffeinated Comedian where I chat to a comedian over a tea, a coffee or a generic hot drink. Uh, it's, a, it's a teetotal version. And we uh, have had a little bit of unexpected delay with the, the main podcast, uh, but we do have some absolute belters lined up, and I'm genuinely really excited about showing them to you. Uh, we we have a, have a, some really cool guests, which I'll keep secret for the time being, but when they're recorded, I'll get them up ASAP. Um, uh, but yeah, sorry for the a little bit of a delay. However, just to quell that that tension of, oh, when can I hear Matt Hoss in a podcast form? Well, I, I thought I would release this podcast to, to you know, quench that thirst of Matt Hoss podcasting because I know it's a, it's it, it's it's a well that a lot of people would like filling up. Uh, is that? I don't think any of that works as an analogy, but don't don't worry about that. Uh, what we do have is a really, really special podcast for you. And uh, in this episode of Caffeinated Comedian, we have a very, very special guest. Someone who I I was very unexpected to uh, have on a podcast. Uh, and it is Howard Reed, everyone. He's a, he's a, uh, he's been a big writer, he's a stand-up comedian, and he's also well-known for his work... Um, uh, working alongside Little Howard, uh, it's Little Howard and Big Howard. And if you haven't seen Howard Reed, I would urge you to go and like look on the YouTube, see what Howard Reed does with Little Howard. And in essence, what it is is uh, Howard. Um, he plays Big Howard, uh, and he has an animation in the background who's Little Howard, and there's a double act between them, but it's entirely an animated. Um, uh, a character called Little Howard, uh, and it's genuinely fantastic. And with this, Howard does he, he does like kid shows, uh, and I saw him in Kingston doing a uh, like an hour long kid show, uh, and it was he's a very innovative and uh, interesting comedian. And I, I chat, chat to him about that. Uh, a couple of things to know. Uh, we we discuss a lot of cool things, like we talk about uh, comparing. We talk a little bit about politics within comedy, and this is quite a this is quite an in depth comedy conversation. If you are a comedian or if you are interested in comedy, this is uh, a nice little uh, podcast for you. Um, but as I say, it's it's quite a short podcast because um, Howard was very very busy. But we, we so uh, I get I'm quite rushed during this podcast. But I tried to get as much through as many questions as possible. Uh, I haven't got the star power to allow for time yet. That's the key thing. Stick in, guys, because it's gonna one day I'll be a big star. One day, uh, but um, <laughs> but. Yeah, and the other thing is um, sound quality is that um, it's it's over Skype. So Howard is a little bit um, a little bit Skypey. Um, that's a term I've just created. I've coined the term Skypey, uh, a term which means it's a little bit. Uh, it, it sounds a bit robotic, and uh, but it's entirely audible. You can definitely hear it. And but yeah, it's a short podcast. Uh, but I'm rambling on now. I'll let you enjoy the fantastic Howard Reed, everyone. Caffeinated. 
comedian. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. It's lovely to have you here. And um, how are, how are you doing today? You're all right. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, I've been sitting in a cafe, trying to focus. That's good. Uh, so, what, what projects are you working on at the moment? I'm uh, writing a new adult show for the Fringe uh, for uh, with Little Howard, the first Little Howard uh, show I've done for adults for some time. Uh, I'm uh, also writing on three kids TV shows, um, one a preschool show for the States, one a Dennis the Menace spin-off thing for okay. BBC, and one brand new one uh, which is a, a Disney France England collaboration. That's great, man. That's uh, uh, you got loads on your plate, uh, so that's that's fantastic. Uh, but um, uh, you mentioned you're writing a little Howard show for adults, and uh, is, yeah. is this the first time you've done it, or is it um, um, a second incarnation? Or? Well, Little Howard started off a long time ago. It started yeah. off uh, as a show for adults at the Fringe, um, but people always tried to bring their kids because it had an animation in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so eventually, I went. Well, why don't I try doing a show that's family friendly? And that sort of took off, and uh, we did t- TV series, and uh, so I still tour family shows with Little Howard That's all good. over the place. Um, but have sort of got my writing and things like that have come on a lot since then, and uh, and yeah, I fancied doing something, uh, yeah, the way where you had a bit more freedom to talk about other things. That, uh, yeah, the stuff that might scare children. That's, that's <laughs> so, good. Nice. Yeah, so it's, it's really fun, and um, uh, yeah, got lots of nice, nice uh, bits. Got kind of too much stuff at the moment, which is a good place to be at this point. With uh, three, four months to go. That's great, man. And um, it's uh, what I find fascinating with uh, with uh, Little Howard is that uh, it's. Uh, it's it's such a. Uh, I saw the kids show uh, uh, in Kingston. And it was so phenomenal because like uh, um, it was good. To, it was just it's very innovative as a comedy show. I've never seen anything like it. If you know what I mean. So it was fascinating uh, to see that uh, that work. And uh, I was just wondering how you kind of uh, um, kind of got the idea for Little Howard and how you kind of incorporate it into uh, an actual set. If you know what I mean. Um, I, I got it, the idea initially when I was first doing my first Edinburgh show. Hour, I had about sort of half an hour, 40 minutes of decent stand-up material, um, but wanted to do something different. And I was an anima- I'd started animating already and was doing online stuff, and that was all going down quite well. So I sort of started to wonder if there was a way that I could combine the animation, do something with the animation live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the idea of Little Howard sort of, I, I just drew him to, to, for a for an email, like a uh, like an e-flyer to send around to mm-hmm. people to come to a preview. I thought oh, he's quite a nice character. And it's quite not that I like the idea of, of me having a my sort of inner child on stage as well. Uh, and uh, and I worked out a way of him doing stand up doing banter with the audience and uh, like through through a database of pre recorded animations. Yeah. So he could sort of improvise with the audience to a certain extent, which was yeah, was was a fun thing to, to do on stage. Uh, and- uh, yeah, and sort of taking the piss out of people who pretend to improvise and mm-hmm. it was all trying to construct the, the idea that like you see a, an MC yeah. uh, talk to a plumber in the front row and you think oh wow he's thinking this stuff up on the top of his head where quite often a lesser comic yeah. uh, but um, it's, it's, quite, it's quite easy for someone who's been on stage for a long time to just remember 
all yeah. the things they've seen other people uh, say to plumbers, uh, or, or have just been in that situation. So, so it, it was sort of a, it was sort of about that. That's that's spontaneity in comedy. Uh, but people really enjoyed the, the, the fact they could see me. That he he would respond in a funny way to <laughs> said to him to life. But also there was another level of in fun watching me scrabble around trying to make it happen. Uh, so it was very much you could see the wires of how it worked, but uh, people seemed to like that. Yeah, uh, definitely. It had a certain charm to it, and uh, it's it's really interesting that you say um, uh, about the the, the MCing kind of thing because uh, in the last week I've seen uh, three different MCs uh, say to a student, "What do you student?" And it's just like uh, it's it's weird. Uh, it's a it's a nice comment, I suppose. Um, but yeah, yeah it's sort of, there are only so many jokes in the world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, and, and I'm not having a go at people who, who aren't oh, yeah. genuinely free forming. Yeah. Uh, because uh, yeah, no, I, I, I MC a lot and uh, I try and wing it and try and just think up the first thing that comes on top of my head. But sometimes nothing comes and you say something hack. Yeah. Uh, but the audience are very rarely, yeah, yeah, so the likes of yourself and other yeah, comics yeah, and yeah. real comedy fans that notice the uh, the creaks. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so it was slightly smug at me. But, um, oh. no, yeah, I... but it genuine also trying to work out, is it possible to fake improvisation? We like with with complete restrictions on it. Yeah. Uh, as in, like I can't. He can't say anything else. He's got this this set array of. And but since then, I've developed because they, I started then doing kids shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, the first time it really fell flat was when I did a show to a, a room full of uh, severely physically uh, handicapped teenagers uh-huh. who you can't predict what they're going to say because they have a completely like different. Because the adult show was based on me being able to second guess what the audience was going to say. Mm-hmm. Most adults, audiences, say the same things in a depressing way. You're, you're, you're quite, you'll very often get the same heckle yeah. um, from an audience, even if they think they're being really clever. Um, very often, grown-up adults are yeah. uh, programmed to think in a certain way by society, and kids aren't, and you can't predict what <laughs> kids are going to say, and you can't predict what people with very different lives experiences like disabled people mm-hmm. are going to say because they have a different completely yeah. different take on yeah. the world to everyone else and so I've since then developed and I probably did it in the show you saw in Kingston mm-hmm. uh, a way that I can control my voice little Howard live uh, yeah. so he so he can genuinely respond in real time to the audience uh, which works brilliantly for kids but kids don't doesn't occur to them that that's special at all yeah. uh, they, in their head they have, they've, they've already as soon as we walk on stage they suspend their disbelief that little Howard is, is real uh, and so aren't impressed when he talks back to them because they just believe in him. Um, yeah. The adults are impressed, but it's not the show of adults. Just, uh, uh, I was going to say, uh, as a stand-up comedian, because yeah, there's a lot of work gone into the show, and like it, technically, it's very, um, it's it's quite. I find it quite difficult. I'm quite a lo-fi person, so I thought it was fantastic the way you uh, you were managing all these different things. And uh, uh, so, uh, as a stand-up, I was really impressed because it was just there's so much going on. Um, yeah, and, and that's, that's what's because um, uh, I'm, I'm a straight stand-up as well, and I do straight stand-up shows uh, with just me talking, and so I, that makes me enjoy my stand-up way more, even more. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just because I don't have to turn up. Like, cause I, I've got one show that I'm touring. It's a kids show that takes five hours to set up. Oh man! Uh, yeah. And so that's that, like that's your entire day gone. Yeah. Uh, and I love doing that, but also in relief to that, yeah, it makes pure stand-up an even bigger joy. Um, but one of the things is that, that there are so many people, there are so many straight white blokes mm-hmm. yeah, that yeah. stand up that, are, that are, you either sit around and complain about that or you do something 
that no one else can do. Uh, and that's kind of always been my philosophy is how, how can I approach comedy in a way that no one else would think of or bother. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fantastic, man. And uh, I also wanted to ask you, because um, uh, as you say, you are straight stand-up as well. So what's the, what's the relationship like of being your own double act, if you know what I mean? Because... Uh, because the the, start, the how the big how do you play uh, when you're alongside little Howard? Is there, how is the persona different from your um, like straight stand-up character uh, persona? Well, my straight stand-up character is kind of more me. It's weird that they, they, it changes all the time, um, and I think one of the reasons I do little Howard and do stuff with characters uh, is that I don't find myself as being myself particularly funny mm-hmm. because I'm just I'm a very ordinary I'm a very sort of <laughs> safe middle class background and, uh, and and it's sending that up to fun but um, but it's not yeah it's not I, I don't find that massively inspiring uh, so my, my stand up is a sort of my stand up centre is more, much more of a a heightened version of myself it's kind of always been a heightened version of myself yeah. when I was younger I was a sort of a big blinky misunderstanding sort of father Dougal type Character, just not understanding the world. But then that, when I started doing Little Howard, yeah. that's who Howard became. Um, and so, it, with the double act, uh, I'm very much the straight man. Mm-hmm. And uh, and in the show you saw, there's lots of jokes about me being clinically unfunny. Yeah, and that yeah. that sort of developed as a as a joke that I, that I found amusing. And if you look at all our posters, our Edinburgh posters and our tour posters. Uh, my name goes lower down the bill every single time. <laughs> show. And, and I just found that quite. And that was based on the year we got nominated for the uh, Edinburgh Award thing. Yeah. Um, that that was a show written in response to a Kate Copsick review, which said a little Howard's brilliant, but Big Howard isn't funny. Oh. Uh, and it, it was all about the creator of something being written out of um, the thing they've created. Uh, which uh, writing on uh, kids' cartoons at the moment it happens a lot. It, yeah. The creator is very often just sort of paid off and and shoved to the side, and other people come and take over. Uh, and I, I find that interesting. And so I and I've got a lot of stuff in the new show I'm writing about how uh, trying to sort of reclaim that a bit and trying to give me a bit more of a role in it. Mm-hmm. And, and because this show's about because we've been me and Little Howard have been performing together for fifteen years now. Uh, and about all the things that have changed, and obviously he doesn't change because he's a cartoon boy. Mm-hmm. But my life has changed a lot. Yeah, uh, I'm a I'm a dad now, and uh, and uh, yeah, I I now write for kids' telly, and uh, and uh, yeah, it's all about that those changing relationships and oh. working out who I am now with him as a sort of a yeah. solid yeah, it's, object. It's, uh, it's fascinating because. Um, because even though you are technically the straight guy in that relationship, you're the one that changes as a person. So, like, uh, so little Howard is the constant, and you, you change around that, which is uh, must be a nice dynamic to play with as well. Yeah, and, it, and it, I think it's one of the reasons I'm really enjoying revisiting it, and and how it doesn't uh, like for a long time when I was because I was like when we did the TV show, which was sort of 2009 to 2011. I didn't have time to do anything else. Yeah. Uh, and but mm-hmm. after which I wrote some kids, some some new live shows, uh, but never never really revisited the the adult thing mm-hmm. because partly because the other the the kids stuff was going so well. Yeah. And was in the builds. Um, but that's what's really nice about revisiting it after a while. And yeah, and you can genuinely write something that's about like most of my show, little house shows are about real life but filtered through a lot of nonsense yeah. <laughs> so you don't really notice yeah. but the show is about it's, it's called Man and Boy 
Uh, and so it's about the idea, the strange idea of someone devoting their life to doing something as stupid as <laughs> <Yeah>. what <laughs> I do. Uh, which is really interesting because because that's that's universal because everyone devotes their lives to something. Yeah, um, yeah. And most of it's stupid. Yeah. Um, but not quite so obviously stupid. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's good fun. And, it, it's great, it's, man. and also the changing, there's lots of political stuff that's sort of sneaking in there as well. Yeah. Because um, um, I, I remember when. Um, when I saw you at the uh, Kingston show, um, this is a month after the referendum as well, and um, yeah. I was sat with my friend John, we were watching it, and uh, you, you, uh, you said something along the lines of, uh, it's like, oh, all adults are stupid, no, at least 52% of them are, and my country's ridiculous, and I was like, it's fantastic that you got a Brexit joke into a kid's show, which was, as an adult, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it, it but, kid, but kids are uh, really aware of it. Like, my yeah, kids yeah. Uh, are, like, 10 and 8, and they're furious. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and, and, it's, and it's also it's also quite nice, because it is, it's really hard to do anything on the on politics at the moment in stand-up, because mm-hmm. it splits the room completely. Yeah, um, totally. totally. And I, I've yet to see anyone really nail it. I've, there's, an, there's an American guy called Eric McAvoy, Michael, Eric, something like that, I can't remember. Uh, who, who, who's, who I've seen doing successfully, partly because he's got a different voice and he's he's an outsider. Yeah. Uh, and he can he can sort of uh, rise above it almost. But it's really weird whenever anybody mentions Brexit or immigration or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what we should be talking about because because yeah, definitely. It's really important that there's a discussion about it because that's the problem. The problem has been that there's never there's not been any discussion about it. Um, and but as soon as anybody mentions it, people on both sides yeah. become really yeah. nervous, it's... and it kills the atmosphere entirely until the subject moves on. Where one, it's fine. It's really odd. Yeah, I find that um, uh, with Bre- like with Brexit, uh, people yeah, say it literally just split the room, and unless you have something articulate to say about it, it's so hard to kind of get the point across because uh, uh, it it just leaves such a like a murky waters mood in, in the room yeah. you know what I mean uh, but I, I find that um, in the UK they're more universally against Trump which uh, so uh, I've, do, I've done like Trump material which goes yeah. down a lot better because uh, he's seen as like a, a clown and an idiot but that's quite, I find that so strange because uh, if, if you mention Brexit it's quite like a, well that's very serious if you know what I mean um, so yeah, it's, yeah it's, and the other thing is the, the sad thing about political comedy which I, I tend not to I tend to stray away from it but you can you can, you can do it quite nice because I've got a bit which I've just written with Little Howard where um, we're talking about our financial situation uh-huh. and I've, I've been paying him half the money for the gigs yeah. for the last 15 years <laughs> and he points out that he's cartoon so he doesn't need any money uh, but it's in a trust fund and he's so he gets it when he's 18 but he's a cartoon so he's never going to be 18 <laughs> which is a nice collection of ideas yeah. and then we go well I'll just I'll, I'll talk to the bank manager and the house says oh no bank managers they're lovely bankers are really great people yeah. uh, they'll, be, they'll be understanding about that and I thought I would stop the show and go well there's actually a lot of the most of the political problems that are in the world now are due to bankers because yeah. they, they destroyed the economy 10 years ago and everything that we're living through now is the result of that. Yeah, uh, yeah. And he got, and oh, no, 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 uh, you've got that wrong, Big Howard. Um, you're talking about, you're thinking about immigrants. <laughs> uh, bank, uh, bankers are a lovely gentleman involved in Hans immigrants are the evil ones, I think, from Mordor. Oh, my God. Uh, and then he goes, Little Howard, have you been reading Anna's papers again? Uh, <laughs> And, and the, the punchline to the bit is, is oh yeah, sorry, uh, you know, you, he goes, ah, oh, 
I've made a mistake in yet. And he just turns to the audience and says, I'm sorry about that, everybody. I've got the brain of a six-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> and, and hopefully, I've not tried that on stage yet. Oh. And everyone I've told that, admittedly, all the lefty, yeah. uh, all my lefty mates I've told that to, have found it very funny. Um, but hopefully that... Because the thing is about the political comedy is it's easy to make jokes about Trump. Yeah, um, yeah. And most, uh, most comics, when Blair was in power... You've seen the most political com- who set people who set themselves up as political comments would go on and go, Tony Blair is a cunt, isn't he? Yeah. And everyone yeah. goes, Yeah! Yeah. And, and like, you've changed nothing. You've just told everybody what they think. Yeah, and exactly. So I think what that, that thing, and that doesn't help anything. That isn't, that isn't. There's a really interesting um, Malcolm Gladwell uh, uh, podcast um, about satire and about how it doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't change anything at all based around. Um, uh, Loads of money, the Harry Enfield character, mm-hmm. and how actually, yeah, sat, sat, how, yeah. The, the nice thing about that how you can be much more subversive and you can be much more. Because one of the things, one of the thing that needs to be said in the political situation is that it's fucking complicated. It's yeah. not there aren't simple answers to these problems. It's complicated, and by simplifying it, that's why we fucked the world up. Yeah. <laughs> by by thinking that Donald Trump is somehow the answer to any yeah. of the problems that America faces, and that. Soaring ourselves off from the the mad mass that we're right next to is somehow a good idea uh, because the fucking Daily Express tells you so. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's yeah. But having being able to discuss it as two different characters, even though yeah. both yeah. of them are idiots, uh, you uh, you can at least put an, more than one side of the argument. And so yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's worth a try to say, say that. Well, all, that's it. I will probably never actually play to anyone. Unless yeah. I get to tour it in um, all around the country, I'll probably never actually get to play to anyone who disagrees with me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> because yeah, artsy people are generally left wing. <laughs> yes, non artsy people generally aren't. Uh, as a broad uh, generalisation. Uh, but yeah, uh, just uh, I kind of wanted to kind of wrap up and stuff like that. But um, uh, I just want to say, uh, what what do you think the biggest difference between uh, doing like an adult stand up set and a kid stand up set? What's what's the biggest difference? Uh, for you uh, as a performer, um, uh, you, I mean, writing this, you, you, I mean, you can do, you can be a lot more political. I mean, you can yeah. get away with. Uh, I mean, I'm not an overly political comic, but at the moment, it's hard not to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so you can get away with most kids shows. There's an aside, and it's usually an improvised aside where something happens in the audience, yeah. and because uh, lots of audience interaction sort of is a good model for democracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. so it, there's always a little you can always put it in a side but, but you can't there's no point and I think it's probably wrong to write a political or religious tract mm-hmm. uh, yeah. in a kids show like we did um, yeah. we did so underneath uh, Robin Inch does a you used to before the Blimsbury found asbestos in it uh, mm-hmm. he, um, he used to do a show called uh, Nine Lessons and Carols for Godless People yeah, yeah. which I performed in a lot uh, and we did a show underneath him uh, called the Santa Claus Science Experiment, mm-hmm. um, and but that it was, but we were, we did a show about science. We didn't do a rationalist show. We didn't do a, an atheist show because I think preaching atheism to kids yeah. is as, as preaching yeah. anything else to yeah. kids. I think you kids let, let the kids make up their own mind. That's the problem with preaching. Uh, and, and so I, I do think anything political or partisan or religious it, it shouldn't be in a kids show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and so yeah, so you get to talk about those things. You get to swear, but also you get to swear in kids shows, really, because swearing is just the a swear word is just the rudest thing you can say. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, in, in 
particular room, um, if I if I say Christ in front of my mum, yeah. she idols because she's a Christian. Yeah. Uh, if I say bum in front of a room full of kids, I'm the most anarchic, crazy man in the world. <laughs> if you say cunt in front of a room full of adults, you've got the same effect. Um, so it's just it's just picking the right words. Yeah. Uh, but but all comedy is about taboo. Yeah. Um, and so uh, and there are obviously there are taboos you don't want to go anywhere near when talking to kids. Um, but there are still taboos and there are still things that kids can't say. And the reason we find the word cunt funny is because we've been grown ups being told that there are words we can't say. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of the biggest ones. Um, uh, you can or you can also just be a lot more nuanced. I mean, there's lots of there's lots of very subtle jokes in my my kids shows, but there's uh, there's whole routines that I've had to ditch because. I've got a lovely bit, one of my favourite things I've ever written for kids, which I not specifically write for kids, it was just a, a sketch, was about uh, Little Howard, um, and so it used to be in the show that you saw, but, but I lost yeah. it eventually, because uh, it was about Little Howard comes on with an imaginary duck, uh, oh. and uh, and he refuses to admit that there isn't a duck there, and that him bringing on an imaginary duck is somehow disruptive to the stage show. Mm-hmm. But it's a ten minute bit, and it's very nuanced, and it's very it's full of ideas, and the audience have to use their imagination quite a lot to get exactly what's going on because yeah. nothing's happening on the stage because the person on the stage is imaginary we're all talking to. Uh, and I found that that just lost too many kids over the... Mm-hmm. It, was an, it was an Edinburgh run and it, it was the only point in the show where you f- heard fidgeting in the room okay. and because the little, the little kids just didn't get it and they didn't understand what was going on. There was nothing visual going on. And so there are things like that that, that are nuanced that... You eventually have to. I think are worth trying to do in a family show, but eventually you just go. No, I'm. I'm not. I'm not entertaining everyone in the room with this, and that in itself is distracting for everyone else in the room. So this bit just needs to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I still. But also, to be fair, that that bit is also a bit much for a standard audience. Quite a lot of standard audiences won't stick with it because it's not as gag heavy as, as yeah, the, yeah. the other stuff I do. Um, but you can. But it's, there's there's so there's there's a lot of complete nonsense in my I've got a show called a song called Haberdashery yeah yeah. which is I don't know if you've seen that it's a it's, a, it's, um, it's a basically a minute long song of just random words yeah. sung with great vigour <laughs> uh, <laughs> ending on shouting Halfords uh, and, and I do it I do it I just sing it on its own but I also sing it with um, with Little Howard with also with images the images of Elk Gnu Elk Gnu yeah. flashing up and it absolutely storms both kids and adult kids. <laughs> it's, not, it's utter nonsense. It's complete pause. I, I don't know why it's funny, but it's really funny. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and that's lovely, discovering a thing as stupid as that yeah. is, is as joyous for both kids and adults because both, yeah, sort of incongruity is, uh, is funny, whatever. What, yeah, just doing something massively stupid yeah. with... Uh, Spirit and conviction That's is a, is a very funny thing to do. So the, the, one of the lovely things about doing both shows is that uh, you find out what is universally funny. Yeah. And my ideal, my, the, I wrote the big show. The, the, the thinking behind the big show for kids was, and it wasn't. It was called Little House Big Show initially, not Little House Big Show for kids, uh-huh. because I and I genuinely wanted to list it in the comedy and the kids section of the Fringe brochure because I wanted to do a show that just proved the funny is funny. Yeah, um, um, but that, 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 that's very hard to sell because your parents taking their kids to a kids show want it to be a kids show and want to want that reassurance that it's safe and it's fair and it's and, and adults don't want to go and see a kids show. Yeah, and so yeah. 
yeah, that that was an experiment that just didn't work because uh, it turned out it was a kid show. Um, and it turns out also that the friend brochure won't let you pay twice and list yourself list the same uh, show in two different categories. Um, um, which I don't know why they don't do that, but because they just have they could just take twice as much money for the same show. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, but it, the the world of yeah, the entertainment world is very categorised at the moment, which is sad, I think, because yeah. there isn't any entertainment shows on television with a narrative. Um, yeah. Like all family shows are X Factor and Strictly Come Dancing mm-hmm. and My Kids and All Their Friends those are the shows they watch they don't watch anything that's got a story yeah, which is, yeah. is sad because stories are really important so, especially yeah. to kids yeah, yeah. Uh, and watching a, watching a show like there are films that you can watch as a family but there are very few TV shows you can watch as a family yeah, um, yeah, yeah. that are genuinely entertaining for both which is uh, a shame and I'm working on more and more Disney shows and things like that which which do get that going but the BBC at the moment are very are actively anti putting in jokes for adults in, in okay. kids shows yeah. they, they want jokes that only only jokes that all children will get which I find really sort of I, I think it's really sad because I think uh, a family watching something together yeah. is a lovely thing and it brings people together and it and it's nice and it, and it teaches kids about what entertainment is yeah definitely. Um, whereas at the moment most broadcast and a lot of theatre shows are designed to basically have the family just sitting in different parts of the house watching their own thing yeah, which is, yeah. Uh, I, uh, what, what I find interesting with that is like one of my favourite cartoons as a kid was Futurama and one of my favourite cartoons as an adult this Futurama because there's just two there's two different like uh, nuances to it there's a there's a baseline yeah. uh, I enjoyed the cartoons of it as a kid but when I'd grown up there's so many more uh, obtuse jo- like, uh, uh, acute jokes in there which I, I, I thought were fantastic and uh, it was doubly rewarding and it's uh, it must be great yeah. um, and the problem is that we don't have the budget here to make that yeah there isn't any adult animation here really yeah, yeah. that's of any scale there's lots of stuff online but uh because it just hasn't it hasn't got an audience big enough. If we could do something that then we do, that we make a lot of animation here for. There's loads of shows that are made here um, that look American mm-hmm. that are they're made here or in yeah. France, uh, but but they have to look American in order to sell to the American market because that's where there's enough money to pay for how much animation costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a weird. So, so there's there's a brilliant show called uh, there's a show called Counterfeit Cat which I wrote on, and there's a show called uh, Amazing World of Gumball which I've written a tiny amount on, uh, which are really successful shows in, here in the States, and I'm writing on a show called The Flugels, the preschool show, awesome. uh, which isn't shown here. It's, it's made here, but it is, it's only shown in the States. Oh. Um, I think it's shown on BBC Alba, um, <laughs> so it's in Gaelic. Okay. <laughs> um, but everything has to be American because that's who the audience is, which is fine, but it means that there isn't any... Uh, yeah, so you, for you, all animation voices are American at the moment, which is... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, really, yeah, really interesting. That's great, man. Um, thank you so much for um, coming, uh, having a chat with me, man. I really appreciate your time. Pleasure. Uh, Caffeinated comedian. Caffeinated comedian. Yeah. And that was Howard Reed. And uh, I hope you really enjoyed that. It was, it was an absolute delight to have Howard on. Uh, so it was only a short podcast, but I think the, we, we covered a lot of bases in that as well. Um, 
So I was really, really happy with that, and thank you so much for Howard for donating your very precious time as well. Um, but yeah, uh, I'd say there's more Drunken Comedian podcasts on the way. Please tweet us in if you want to get involved. I'd love to hear what you think of it. And if you do want to review us on iTunes, that would be massive, um, massively appreciated. We have got uh, a couple of reviews in, and they are all uh, really delightful. So thank you. Um, uh, so I appreciate you uh, taking the time out to do that. Uh, but yeah, so thank you for listening to this very short but very compact uh, podcast podcast. Uh, uh, um, yeah, if you want to follow me on Twitter, that's Matt Hoss Comedy. You um, oh, there's a live event coming up soon at the Hastings Comedy Fringe Festival. Uh, that is sometime in June. You can come along to that. Or you, uh, if you want to see me do stand up, I'm also doing stand up at that festival as well. So it'd be great to uh, see what uh, if, if you want to see me perform. That'd be really awesome. I do my show called The 100 Acts of Morality. And it's going really well. Um, apart from Glasgow and Rotherham, apart from them, it's going really well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast and hopefully I'll speak to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.